Yo, yo, it's your boy, Will the Thrill, the plant-based pro, pro. <laughs> the plant-based pro, I'm sorry, got a little tongue-tied there, excited to be here today, and you are listening to the Plant-Based for Life radio show on the Streets Are Talking 24-hour podcast network. I, again, am your host, Will the Thrill, the plant-based pro. And I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here listening because you could be anywhere else but here listening to this show. So we are definitely grateful to have you here on the podcast. Hopefully today you will get some information that will be beneficial to yourself and your family. Uh, Let me put the disclaimer out here right now that I am not a doctor. I've never claimed to be a doctor. I do not give medical advice. All I do is bring information that I've researched either through uh, reading a lot and um, being online and watching documentaries to also experiencing a lot of the things that I talk about. You know, most of the stuff that I discuss is stuff that I have already been through or know somebody who's been through or have clients that have been through it because I do have a business called Plant Based for Life. And you can go to my website, plantbasedforlife.com, and check it out. And uh, that way you can reach me. You can message me down at the bottom of the page. And I will get back to you promptly. If you have any questions or any information about uh, uh, or something that you heard on the podcast or anything, you know, I, I welcome uh, uh, educated debates. I, I welcome... Uh, opposing view debates. I just want you to know that when you come at me and my head about something I said, just know that I have thoroughly researched some of my stuff. Not saying that I know everything about everything, but I do look to a lot of sources, bias, unbiased, and I just go and I, I find information. I don't just go to one source and then decide to do a podcast. I've went and, and read up on a lot of things. And anything that you need to know where I got this information from, please contact me again and I'll give you the references, the bibliographies, and anything that you want to know because this is about information. This is about not beating people over the head, about their lifestyles. This is about helping people who want to change certain things in their lifestyles. That's what I did when I went to a plant-based lifestyle. I changed some things. I reversed type 2 diabetes. I'm no longer on statins and things of that nature. You know, it's a healthier lifestyle. But it's something that, you know, also I want to put out there that everybody that's not eating meat and just eating plants is not always that healthy because they substitute uh, meat and other things and animal products and dairy products for our subject that we're going to talk about today. You know, that's a nice segue into that. Our subject today is going to be about sugar. Sugar. 
sugar, the other white stuff that's addicting is sugar. The new cocaine. <laughs> I know people laughed at that because they're like, wow, how's he uh, comparing sugar to cocaine? Well, by the time this podcast is over, you'll see why I said that. In the meantime, uh, we'll dive into it in a second. Uh, I just want you to know that, uh, again, I'm not a medical doctor and I don't give any medical advice, but I will give you some information that I have looked up and thoroughly researched. So we're going to talk about sugar. Sugar, sugar, sugar. We know, all of us know that, that, that sugar is great. I mean, sugar does things for us that, you know, other things that we eat don't do. And mainly, it, it gets into that pleasure center of the brain. And, and it makes us feel good. You know, kids love sugar. Uh, you know, they crave stuff. They'd rather eat sugar than vegetables. But the thing is that uh, in sugar... There are some hidden and not so hidden detriments to our system and our bodies. And today we're going to uncover some of that. We're going to uncover uh, some of the things, you know, my personal uh, 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 grief with sugar is that, you know, I have a sweet tooth. And, you know, I know that I've been addicted to sugar and I know that I have to really be determined in lessening my sugar intake per day because I'm gonna tell you all a little funny story. I used to be very, very when I before I changed my lifestyle, I was very, very, very addicted to cookies. I used to say cookies were my crack. I loved me some cookies and milk. Whole milk. Whole milk, whole dairy milk, cow milk. I loved cookies. And here's the deal. I was I was getting Oreo cookies and I was eating them and I was eating whole rows of them and drinking big giant glasses of milk and sitting up here gaining all kinds of weight and, 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 and just all unhealthy. And so one day I looked at the side of the Oreo package and it said on the package uh, 400 calories per serving. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what's the serving? Two cookies. What? Two cookies was the serving. Now here I am eating whole rolls of Oreos. You know, because they come in rolls. The bigger the package, the bigger the rolls. And the more the rolls. And I'm drinking a big old glass of whole milk, which is full of fat. <laughs> and I'm eating these cookies like I'm crazy. Just craving them and eating them, just popping them in my mouth. Don't even bite them. Just pop one in the mouth and take a sip of milk. Well, that's why I was a 54 long in suits. And waist was about a 46, 48. And I was just on a, a quick decline, downward slope to bad health, diabetes, and all kinds of other health issues. Sugar. Wasn't because I ate a lot of fat, because you know, fat was vilified back in the 60s as being the real cause of problems in America, when in all essence, it should have been sugar. So I was like, wow. And, and to this day, you know, even though my changed lifestyle, man, I'd be in the grocery store walking down the, walking down the aisles, and all of a sudden I walk past the cookie aisle, and I'd be like, huh? 
Because it's calling me. It'd be like, come on down here. Hey, psst, Will, come down this aisle. We got something for you. You know, and I'd be like, oh, Mr. Oreos, leave me alone. Mr. Archway, leave me alone. Mr. Chips Ahoy, stop calling me. And then I have to scurry, scurry, scurry and get over into that fresh produce section. Now, there's other ways of uh, getting some sugar for a sweet tooth that's a lot healthier, which we did, we will discuss. However, we're going to dive into uh, sugar and uh and what it does to us and why it is what it is and blah 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 as we get through all of this and hopefully today you will have at least if anything you'll have a a whole new outlook on your consumption of sugar and maybe you can make a few changes <clears throat> Or, you know, leave sugar alone totally. My my uh my goal is to uh is to get off of sugar. It really is. My 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 uh my goal is to get off of sugar as much as I can, especially refined sugars and things like that. And don't get me wrong, and we'll go over this. There are there's over seventy five names, I believe. That for sugar, it's not just, you know, like fructose and sacralose and just a lot of names. That's all I'm saying. I'll read a couple of them to you. I'm not going to read all of them, but I will definitely read some of those names to you. But anyway, let's talk about some of the detrimental health effects of sugar. Let's talk about it. And this is from the Journal of Obesity and Diabetes, this report that I have. You know, and, and we'll discuss this and uh, read a few things and, and things about it and give you a insight to what this stuff is all about because it's not as good as they say it is. And even though you have some pros and con people, you have most of the people who are for sugar are in the industry or being paid by the industry. And you have to be careful of all these uh these pros and things that don't make us feel good. But, you know, there's people that's biased on both ends. You, in the end, have to make up your mind on what it is that you're going to consume in your body. And that's the bottom line. You are going to have to be the one, because we control, and I've said this for weeks on all my podcasts, control what you can control. And that's what we need to do. Control what we can control and pretty much what we put in our bodies is what we can control. Nothing else. We we can't control this vaccine and we don't know about COVID, you know, and I'm still dealing with some of the after effects of COVID. They call me a long hauler now because I still have some active symptoms. And um, you know, but for the most part, you know, I'm pretty good. But you know, I, I think I would be worse off if I didn't change my lifestyle and was eating crazy and wasn't eating clean and taking my sea moss gel every day and my ginger and and elderberry and all the other things that I do. That's a whole nother story and a whole nother show. But sugar, 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 sugar. So we hear so often that we should avoid sugar as much as possible because it's not good for our health. But it's important to understand the reasons why and how it is detrimental to our health. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so to, to begin with the definition of what sugar is, it is a carbohydrate that provides energy for our body. 
and it is found naturally in most plants, but especially in sugar cane and sugar beets. So before sugar, which another name is sucrose, enters the bloodstream from the digestive tract, it is broken down into two simple sugars called glucose and fructose. Glucose is in every living cell, and if we don't get it in our if we don't get it from our diet, our bodies will produce it. You know, the body does things naturally that we don't have to add to it, but we do certain things, you know, because we think the body needs some help from us. It says if we if uh, fructose is different because our bodies do not produce it in any significant amount and there are no physiological need for it. Fructose can only be metabolized by the liver in large amounts, which is not which is usually not a problem if it is eaten in moderate amounts. But how many people know that we don't do nothing in moderation? I hear people say, Oh, oh everything in moderation, everything in moderation, but here's the problem. Rarely do people do moderation. They just use it as a buzzword and say things like that. But rarely do we do it. But if we do, you know, it will be turned into glycogen, glycogen and stored in the liver until it is needed. However, if the liver is overloaded with glycogen, then consuming more fructose will turn it into fat. I'm going to say that again. If the liver is overloaded with glycogen, then consuming more fructose will turn it into fat. So for people who are inactive and eat a Western diet, or should I say SAD, the standard American diet, large amounts of fructose from added sugars get turned into fat in the liver. When sugar is transported into the body, it stimulates the pancreas to produce insulin. Some good sugars are found naturally in foods, though, like fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, and whole grains, while other bad sugars are added and used during processed processing and cooking. Those are those added sugars. That's that sugar that you get in the processed foods. That's the sugar that you get in all kinds of products that you can't taste. They say now that they say that there's over eighty percent of our products that we consume have some form of sugar in there. And this is and it's funny because this is the sugar some of this stuff, you can't even taste nothing sweet in there. But I promise you, if you start getting in the habit of reading labels in stores and picking up products, some of the things that you use regularly, you will notice that there are different amounts of sugar. Just Google different names for sugars and see all the different names for sugars. And you will see that just because it doesn't say sucralose or fructose, that there is a form of sugar in almost everything that you buy. Okay, even some of your organic stuff. I'm just sorry to say if it's processed for all of you organic uh, uh, people who, who think that you're uh, on another world and another planet than us. Now, here's something that's not too good, uh, but explains some things why America is the most obese nation in the world. The average American eats 19.5 to 22 teaspoons of bad sugar each day which is equivalent to a four pound sack once every 20 days so over the course of one year this is about 66 pounds of added sugar consumed each day per person and the american heart association recommends no more than six teaspoons of added sugar per day for women and nine teaspoons for men and 
no more than three to six teaspoons for children per day. Given these disturbing facts, something definitely needs to be done about this sugar crisis. It sure does need to be done, especially when we're talking about our children, especially when we're talking about juvenile diabetes and juvenile obesity, especially when we're talking about a documentary that I just watched called Is Sugar the New Fat that showed kids two years old and three years old put under in surgery, anesthesia, having rotted teeth pulled out of their heads, pulled from their gums, from consuming too many sugary beverages. Now, you know, them parents need to be locked up. I'm sorry. If you allow your two, I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm not talking about young adults. I'm talking about two and three-year-olds. You should have saw their teeth. These teeth they were pulling out of these babies and they were all under anesthesia, which is already dangerous in itself anytime anybody gets puts under. But to have your two and three year old have teeth, you should have saw these teeth. It was it was terrible. It was just sad to me. I felt really bad for those kids. But you know what? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And that was it. And this documentary was pretty much in a foreign country. But hey. They're talking about the average American, and they're talking about how many teaspoons of sugar we get. But hell, that's 39 grams of sugar in a in in, in a 12 ounce Coca Cola. 39 grams of sugar. So how many teaspoons of sugar does that does that uh, kind of equivalent into? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. That's a lot. That's a lot of sugar. That is a lot of sugar for one human being, and that's particularly a child, a child to have. But definitely, period. That's too much sugar. But this is what we're here for, to learn. So in the past decade or more, there's been a huge push to reduce fat intake in our diets to achieve better health, and lose weight. So while certain trans and saturated fats are undoubtedly detrimental to our health, our heart health, a much bigger focus should be placed on sugar because it is much more pervasive and detrimental as oh, so it is much more pervasive and detrimental thing to our health. It is a much more. I'm sorry. So I'm gonna tell you, I told you earlier in this that in the 60s, fat was being vilified and saying that it was the cause of a lot of our health reasons, our health uh, things that we go through in the, in the United States. And they really should have been vilifying sugar. But I guess the sugar industry had more money than the fat industry. I don't know. Because somebody pushed that, that narrative. And it wasn't a, a good look for us because look at, look at where we are now. So in April 2014, the, the Journal of the American Medical Association published an article entitled Added Sugar Intake and Cardiovascular Diseases Mortality Among U.S. Adults. And the main purpose of the study was to examine time trends of added sugar consumption as percentage of daily calories in the United States and investigate the association of this consumption with the rates of cardiovascular, disease, uh, uh, cardiovascular deaths. And the results show that 
Ingesting too much added sugar does significantly increase your risk of dying from cardiovascular disease. Wow. And I know one of the reasons because they said that it also attributes to atherosclerosis, which is the hardening of the arteries, which, you know, a lot of times people just believe that it only comes from high cholesterol and things like that in the diet and the clogged arteries and stuff. But they're showing that sugar also plays a role in that, too. It's, you know, sugar is added in so much of what we consume and a lot of the time, we don't even know it. You know, I just said that over 80% of the products that we consume that we get out of the grocery store have sugar in it. We don't even know what is in, and that is in what we're eating. The results from the 15-year study on added sugar and heart disease also show that participants who took in 25% or more of their daily calories of sugar were more than twice as likely to die from heart disease as those whose diets included less than 10% added sugar. Mm. So, you know, again, people thinking I need to cut back on fat and I need to start eating all these low-fat products, which a lot of these low-fat products are, are high in sugar. So, you know, read some labels, folks. Don't just take it from me. Anything that I talk about on my podcast, I definitely want you to go and research it on your own. Go follow up on these things. Do not just listen to me. Do not just listen to anything other than researching yourself. That's what I do, and it's worked for me for a lot of my life. And so I'm going to continue to do it no matter what. I'm going to keep researching. I'm going to keep finding things for us to know and learn about and to pass on to people because I care about the well-being of us as a people, as a nation, as a world. It has to stop. It has to stop. I know there are people profiting off of us being sick. And so no one's going to bring up some of the things that we're talking about, myself and others that are out here for the cause. But the bottom line is that somebody has to do it. And so I decided, why not it be me? A person who has definitely felt the detriment of having too much sugar and eating unhealthy and all the other things that I've been through. So I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the call. So it says that overall the odds of dying from health disease rose simultaneously with the percentage of sugar in the diet. In addition, studies show that large amounts of fructose can raise triglycerides, LDL, which is uh, the, the bad cholesterol, blood glucose, insulin levels, and increase abdominal obesity in as little as 10 weeks so it don't take much time matter of fact think about this that span between when we have that gluttonous holiday of thanksgiving where people eat all those rich foods full of sugar fats carbs and all that stuff and then that starts a trend for the next two months until we get past new year we're talking eight weeks of eating like we crazy and filling ourselves up with all these rich sugary foods that just really aren't good for you. And they're talking 10 weeks. Increased abdominal obesity. And you know, that's tri that's uh, visceral fat. That abdominal fat is visceral fat. That's some of the most unhealthiest fat 
that you want to have on your body that surrounds your spare tire, as they call it in men and women, or pouch or pooch for women and spare tire for men, that visceral fat is dangerous because what it does is it encapsulates your organs. It encapsulates things like your liver and your kidneys and all that. When you have fat around your belly, then that fat goes toward the, towards the inside and just surrounds your vital organs. I once watched a documentary called uh, Autopsy of an Obese Person or something. I think that was the name of it, where they actually were doing an autopsy of a real, real morbidly obese person and showing you the organs. The, the doctor who was performing the autopsy was pulling out these organs and showing you the fat that was around each and every organ that they pulled out. Oh, it was so gross, but it was very informative because it talked about how obesity, which shortens lifespans, what it does to our internal organs. And sugar, because this is what I'm reading from the Journal of Obesity and Diabetes, sugar plays a big role in that. So you want to be mindful of this stuff. It also talks about liver disease, and it's linked to sugar, and it's in, an, in another area that is being researched. And in 2015, June, researchers from... The Jane Meyer USDA Human Nutrition Research Center on Aging at Tufts University in Boston reported in the Journal of Hepatology that a daily sugar-sweetened beverage habit, which is a lot of people have, including their diet sodas, which is not good either, may increase the risk of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So what are they saying? Could you get cirrhosis? Man, they're saying that an accumulation of fat in the liver cells that is unrelated to alcohol consumption, sugar-sweetened beverage, <clears throat> beverages are a major dietary source of fructose, which is the sugar that is suspected of increasing the risk of how uh, the risk of that, that fatty liver. Because of how our bodies process it. Wow, 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 wow. This is deep stuff, you know. This is deep stuff. And, and a lot of research is still currently being conducted by the National Institutes of Health in order to determine if there's a link between 24 different types of cancer and sugar. And more and more evidence is pointing to a link between sugar consumption and an increased risk of developing certain types of cancer. Wow. So you see, this sugar thing is nothing to be playing around with. It's no joke. It's toxic to the body, refined sugar particularly. But yet, people will hear this podcast and probably will be drinking a big old big gulp of pop. Because look at how, look at how society and, 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 and big business is doing us. Big gulps, 7-Eleven. You can get you 64 ounces of pop for for a dollar or less. You 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 can get big giant containers to drink. We're not talking about two liters of pop. That's already you know you got to bring it home and open it up and drink it. And and most people do that. You know you buying you know 12 packs of pop. They're putting them on sale around the holidays. Five, 12 packs for $10 and 
stuff like that of, of, of all these sodas and things like that. But the fact that you can just drive into your local gas station or 7-Eleven, go in there with a dollar and get you a big giant gulp of sugary, sugary, sugary beverage. And we wonder, why is America so fat and sick? Why is that? And when we talk about Americans, you know, I'm an African-American. I'm going to talk about my community because we suffer from, whenever America is going through something, we go through it 10 times that. That's why this COVID thing is messing up the African-Americans in record numbers as opposed to the rest of the population because we have underlying health conditions. We have poor diets. We eat bad. We don't exercise. We have sedentary lifestyles. We don't drink proper uh, hydration and water and things like that. We don't do that. We uh, are into food because that's a big part of our culture. We're not only into food, we're into rich, sweetened, fatty, flavorful food. And we eat all that stuff and sit down or we have our desk jobs or our our, 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 you know, the kids don't go outside no more. They sit in the house and play video games all day and eat pastries and pizza puffs and 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 all these things. You're drinking these sugary beverages, juice boxes, you know, all this stuff. You know, don't and just don't think that because you're buying juice at the grocery store that juice is any healthier than pops. Yeah, it may have a little less sugar, but some of the juice doesn't. So you got to be careful. The key is if you want to feed them juice, buy you a juicer and juice it yourself. That way you know there's no added sugar in it. <clears throat> Do it yourself. There's a lot of inexpensive, juice, uh, inexpensive juicers out there. You don't have to break the bank like I did with my juicer because I have a business and that's why I bought an expensive juicer. But I'm just telling you, juice your own stuff if you want your kids to drink healthy. Do not be filling them up with juice boxes, sending them to school in their lunch boxes with juice boxes and sugary sodas because you'll be, if you ever see that, look at that documentary on Amazon Prime that I watched, Prime TV, about uh, is sugar the new fat and saw those little kids with their teeth being pulled, these two and three year olds. If it don't touch your heart and make you think and you got kids and you're doing that too, well, then you some kind of way. Overconsumption of sugar is also linked to digestive imbalances and disturbances in our micro uh, gut health. And it's been linked to leaky gut syndrome. And as we know, the gut has an overall impact on our immune system. If you didn't know, the gut has also been called the second brain. Look that up and read up on that. Sugar can trigger inflammation, then can increase intestinal permeability because sugar feeds yeast and bad bacteria. Inflammation. Well, that's a whole nother show we're going to talk about one day on inflammation. And we know that sugar and other things that we do, especially the standard American diet, is one of the big causes. It feeds inflammation. It promotes inflammation. Certain diets and lifestyles. So we're definitely going to do a show on that one. In addition to, in addition to its many scary health risks, Sugar is infamous for being linked to weight gain and cavities. Again, when it talk about teeth, when it talks about teeth, I told you I saw those kids and it just horrified me 
First of all, the way that their teeth looked at such a young age, that lets me know that they were drinking. Did they drink anything other than sugary drinks? I just want to know. Did they drink any water, any milk, anything? Because if you saw these teeth, and I encourage you to look at this, just so you can see what I was talking about. It was bad, 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 bad. It was bad. So I'm just saying. So in excess, it can lead to metabolic problems beyond its effect on weight gain. Some studies suggest that that reason is the fructose. Any fructose that is eaten is sent straight to the liver, which specializes in turning it into droplets of fat called triglycerides. When you go to the hospital and take your med or do, uh, uh, do your labs, Triglycerides is one of the things they test you for, especially if you have a history of diabetes and all that kind of stuff. But they test you for that. You know, when I went the last time I had a physical, my triglycerides were normal because I told her, and I was on diabetes medicine and stuff, even though I refused to take it. And she was asking me, the doctor, why I didn't. And I said, because I changed my lifestyle and I was uh, eating a plant-based diet and exercise and things like that. And she said, well, if we take the lab test and everything comes back messed up, would you consider going back on the meds? I said, yeah, I consider it, but I was lying because I never was going on it, taking it anyway. But she sent me an a, a email two weeks later and said, congratulations, Mr. Williams, your sugar levels are normal and your triglycerides are normal. I'm not recommending you go back on any of these medicines we had you on as long as you continue your plant-based lifestyle and uh, you're exercising. So see, that stuff works, uh, and, and it didn't take much to do, just some intentional efforts. But fructose, uh, the triglyceride sugar can lead to insulin resistance, which is what the diabetes stuff is, and ultimately metabolic syndrome and type 2 diabetes. When sugar is consumed in large amounts, insulin stops working as it should and body cells become resistant to it. Because sugar can cause insulin resistance, it is not surprising to see that people who regularly drink sugar-sweetening beverages have up to an 83% higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Again, the beverages, and the reason we're focusing on the beverages is because it's so much easier to access the beverages than it is for some of the other things that you eat that got sugar in it. That you can just, I mean, there's jobs. You can go, most jobs, if you go into some of these bigger places, have an uh, employee lunchroom and they got vending machines. And what's one of the things they got? If they don't have nothing else, they got a pop machine in there with that soda in there. And as we already talked about, there's 39 grams of sugar in a 12-ounce can of pop. So, <laughs> you know, and in some cases, there's more, depending on the brand and depending on the, whatever pop you get. So, you know, not to mention the other machine that's in there with the sugary pastries and the candy bars and all the other things. So, you know, it, it, it's, 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 that's why it's such a, 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 a big thing, you know, because all you got to do is pop a dollar in a machine and you get your sugar fix. In addition to consuming added sugar, uh, in addition, consuming added sugar delivers empty calories void of essential vitamins and minerals and can prevent healthier foods from being integrated in our diets. In other words, sugar, the body has no requirement for you to have sugar, just like 
It has requirements for vitamins and minerals and certain amounts of fats and certain things for the body to operate normally. Uh, sugar is not a requirement for our body. In other words, we could stop using sugar right now and you would still live. However, small amounts of sugar, if you're going to do it, are recommended. They're not bad for you. It's the larger amounts of sugar. That's why they have a recommendation for uh, men to have nine teaspoons of sugar a day or and women to have six teaspoons of sugar. You know, if you're going to do it, they're saying that this is the amount that you should do to be in that safety zone. However, again, when a person drinks a can of pop, they have far exceeded those levels. And that's just that in that one sitting. So you want to be careful. You want to be careful, you know, about that. You know, um, it says that because of those empty calories, um, and it can prevent, I said that it can prevent healthier foods from being integrated in our diet. Beverages containing sugar like sodas, certain juices, and energy sports drinks, who I know people who swear by all these drinks, are some of the biggest sources of added sugars in the average American diet. They account for more than a third of the added sugar that is consumed in the United States. A whole third just from the beverages that we drink. So if we eliminate that, and there was a school on that documentary that had eliminated all sugary drinks and junk foods and things of that nature from their school, and the kids were already, they were noticing a difference in the kids, including their cognitive skills as far as classroom is concerned, not to mention that they were losing weight and, 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 and they were getting healthier and things of that nature. Other sources that are big culprits when it comes to added sugars are desserts, my enemy, cookies, cakes, pastry, ice cream, candy, and many breakfast cereals. Oh, my God. Let's not talk about all the, the breakfast cereals out there that's full and laden with sugar. All the sugars. Oh, my God. Breakfast cereals. Another thing that's on top of everybody's refrigerator at the house uh, that the kids are eating. They're just. I, so can you, can you see why our kids are going through what they're going through? let alone our adults, but our kids. Can you see what they're up against? The the beautiful, colorful cartoons, the boxes, the, 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 the prizes, the toys they put in these cereals to entice us to buy these cereals for our kids. And then our kids eat it, you know, and they talk about, oh, this is healthy and that's healthy because they adding things into it to fortify the cereal for you to get it and, and, and give you a false sense of security that it's healthy. Mm-mm, good old oatmeal with some berries on top. Is good for me. It says that the way sugar affects hormones and the brain already correlates with weight gain and obesity. Why? It leads to decreased satisfaction and a loss of control over food consumption. It can cause a dopamine release in the brain and almost an addictive-like state in many people who consume the most sugar uh, oh wait a minute! It says it can also it, it can cause a dopamine release in the brain, and almost an addictive-like state of mind in many people. People who consume the most sugar are by far the most likely to become overweight or obese, and that applies to all age groups. So ain't nobody immune to this. I don't care who you are. 
And I don't care how much you work out. If you got a diet heavy laden in sugar and you're consuming a lot of sugar, you are not going to be in shape. You're not going to lose no weight. You cannot outwork out a bad diet. So you might as well stop that now. If you go into the health club now and you're not seeing the results you want, start checking your cabinets in the, in the kitchen at home. Start checking what's on top of your refrigerator, what's in your refrigerator, in your freezer. Start checking it. And you will find out that, hmm, herein lies the culprit. Sugar. Cutting back on sugar is one of the most important factors when it comes to weight loss. So how can we avoid the negative health impacts of added sugar? Well, number one, we can begin by cutting back on processed foods and drinks. And that can lower your sugar intake. And if sugar is used, it is advisable to use less processed forms, but use them sparingly. Fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, and whole grains all contain simple sugars. When those sugars are naturally found in whole foods, such as the ones previously mentioned, they also contain vitamins, minerals, proteins, and phytonutrients and fiber. The presence of fiber is very important because it slows down the absorption of sugar, something that we don't get a lot of in this country. Our fiber, our fiber intakes naturally, if we did that, just did that, that would help a lot out. But now we got to go out and buy products like Metamucil and all that to drink fiber and to have it forced on us instead of eating our servings of fruits and vegetables and, and grains and things like that that are high in fiber that will help us with this issue. You know, these are things that we could do. It says, you know, that fiber is important because it slows down the absorption of sugar and controls blood sugar more effectively. So if you're pre-diabetic or have some issues that can make you get into that area, you might want to start increasing your fiber intake. And it says, in contrast, when sugars are added to foods, bad sugars like the refined types that sweeten soda, candy, and processed food and baked goods, desserts, Many times, healthy fiber and nutrients have been refined away, and there's a huge rush of sugar into the bloodstream. That's why you notice people got to have a sugar rush in the morning. Their big sugary cup of coffee, candy bar, that pastry early in the morning. Oh, I can't, I can't really operate without my coffee. Well, is it the coffee or the sugar? I know some people drink it black with no sugar and no cream and Maybe that's a whole different thing, but I see a lot of people at these coffee stations that work in a different spots just putting packs after pack after pack after pack of sugar. Give me four sugars, five sugars. They send you the Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, how many sugars? I want six sugars in my coffee, you know, and two creams. It's sugar because it's addictive, and we're going to talk about that addiction in a minute. We're going to talk about that as we discuss uh, the sugars that uh, what, what we're dealing with here. It says when sugars are consumed in moderation and properly balanced by fiber, uh, they slow the digestive process, uh, the digestive and absorption. They can be a part of a healthy diet. In addition, getting enough high quality protein, fiber, and fermented foods can help decrease sugar cravings over time. So this stuff here, this is good stuff. We're in a sugar crisis. It could be said that we're in a sugar crisis, but it's something that we can surely be remedied through knowledge, awareness, and making small dietary changes. And by limiting as much sugar from our diets as possible. That's the key. We want to eliminate some of this stuff, particularly sugar. 
we want to get rid of it, especially refined sugar. If you got a sweet tooth, I'm not saying that you got to get rid of your sweet tooth, so to speak. I'm just saying change what you do to salve that sweet tooth. And refined sugar is not good for you. But a lot of people, I got a person in my life right now that I talk to a lot. And I tell them that they're addicted to sugar. And they avoid everything. And they want to fight with me about it. And no, I don't do it that much. And I don't do this. They're kind of like, uh, uh, what's the word? They're in denial. But it's the word The word that I'm looking for is that they're um, minimizing. Oh, well, I only do this much and that much. But basically, uh, when, when we're talking about that, that situation we're talking about uh something that's like an addiction so sugar is is, a, is an addiction and there are lots of reports to talk about that there are a whole bunch of uh, of different papers and a whole bunch of different uh um uh, uh studies out there that talk about uh the addiction that sugar has and so i'm going to cover that right now we're going to talk a little bit about that and um Again, you're listening to the Plant-Based for Life show. I'm your host, Will, the Thrill, the Plant-Based Pro. And this is the Streets Are Talking 24-Hour Podcast Network. And uh, we're talking about sugar. Is that the new cocaine? And so now we're talking about sugar addiction. Is it real? And it's been suggested that refined added sugar, sugars are habit-forming, just like cocaine, Nicotine, alcohol, tobacco, and caffeine. In fact, chronic smokers suppress their cigarette cravings better than their food cravings, which is true. I used to smoke. And, you know, I can tell you this. It was harder for me to stop eating some of the sugary things that I was eating better than smoking. I mean, I, no, what I'm saying, I can suppress my cigarette cravings better than I can suppress suppress my sugar cravings. I'm sorry. It says some individuals report increased sweet cravings even after giving up cigarettes, likely accounting, accounting for the typical weight gain associated with quitting smoking. You know, I always tell you, I don't want to quit smoking because I might gain weight. Well, the problem is what you're doing is when you quit smoking, because I did, you substitute and you switch your cigarettes for something sweet. And because you can't smoke, but you got to keep something going in your mouth. So it's usually snacks and it's usually something sweet. In fact, oral glucose may even decrease tobacco cravings and withdrawal discomfort. One study in cocaine addicted individuals noted that their liking and wanting for food was even greater than that for cocaine. As sweet foods are the most craved foods. This suggests that the reward and cravings from added sugars might be comparable to that of addicted substances. Indeed, food cravings have significant overlap with drug cravings. And animal studies show that sweetness, such as sugar or saccharin, is preferred even over that of addicted drugs, addictive drugs like cocaine. Wow. Wow. It says once sugar is introduced, even in lab rats already addicted to cocaine, watch this now, the rats will almost always 
switch over to consuming sugar. This is because the reward from sugar surpasses that of even cocaine. Wow. And let me tell you something. I'm, I'm in, I, I, I used to be addicted to cocaine and all kinds of drugs and stuff. I've been delivered away from that for 29 years and haven't touched any drugs and alcohol or mind and mood altering substances. But I can tell you that that other drug, that sugar, hasn't went anywhere. You know, I've slacked it up and cut it down and don't eat rolls of cookies anymore. But I still have a sweet tooth and I still have to really be mindful of my sugar intake and what I do. Thank God that I'm eating more fruits and drinking things and, and, and juices and things that I make myself that'll help with that sweet tooth. But trust me on this one. Uh, sugar and cocaine are almost a similar calling because both of them speak to you in the spirit. I'll tell you, they call you just like cocaine used to call me. When I was out there in the world doing that cocaine and, 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 and giving me those voices, so does sugar. So it says uh, it, it says consuming sugar produces a, a effect similar to that of cocaine, altering mood possibly through its ability to induce reward and pleasure. I will say this and I always say this, that anything that attacks the pleasure center of your brain that a person who is obsessive or compulsive, they are going to overdo it. So when you start getting into consuming sugar and its addictive properties, it makes you feel good. It's almost like comfort food. It makes you feel good. You know, people, when they talk about uh, stress eating and binge eating and, and, and people need that comfort because they're going through something, they're looking to reward their brain because they're stressed. They're looking to reward themselves and their brain you know, stuff that sugar attacks the pleasure center of your brain. That's it. It does it. So highly refined added sugars and the 24-hour, 24-7 availability of these sugar provide us with little reprieve. In other words, we can run from sugar, but we can't hide. The most common forms of added sugar are sucrose, table sugar, and high fructose corn syrup. Each contains the simple sugars, glucose and fructose. This unnatural reward from consuming sugar, surpassing that of drugs of abuse, overrides our self-control mechanism, predisposing us to sugar addiction. In other words, it's, you got to treat it like an addiction. You can't fight it on your own. Willpower ain't got nothing to do with it. I don't care if people talk about, oh, you can, you know what, willpower is like this. I told somebody, I gave somebody an example of an addiction. I said, cocaine is like this. An, an addict would see a mound of cocaine on a kitchen table, a whole hill of it, a big heap of cocaine, will snort or smoke, however they use their cocaine, will snort all that cocaine, and when they're done, still want some more. That's an addiction. They say in certain circles, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. It's because an addiction, an addiction is something that you just can't control with willpower. You can't do it. I mean, it's indeed sweet substances are extremely rewarding to humans and other animals, but there does appear to be genetic differences in the strength of this preference for sweetness. And with the recent sweetening of the world's diet, there has followed a dramatic rise in the consumption of sugar. 
Added sugars have penetrated the food supplies of virtually every isolated corner of the world. <clears throat> so even though I talk about America being the most obese um, uh, uh, nation and having some of these issues, this sugar thing is, is a world problem because we got food all over the world. And the reason that we are not maybe not able to give up the sweet stuff is because sugar sensations are one of the most intense sensory pleasures that humans experience in the modern day. Our seeking out sugary substances exceeds any metabolic need. And there is no physiological requirement for consuming a single gram of added sugar as there is technically no such thing as an essential carbohydrate, unlike that for protein or fat. Wow. So in other words, sugar is just for pleasure. It ain't for nothing else. We don't need it. It's for the pleasure center of our brain. It tastes good. We love it. We eat it. We overeat it. We overindulge. We act like we can't do without it because quite frankly, the body says we can't because we're addicted to it. We are addicted to sugar. You might as well face it. You might as well deal with it and really, really grasp a hold to the concepts that we're talking about. Because right now, we know, based on the information I've already given you, that sugar may be the new cocaine for people. It's definitely cheaper than cocaine. It's legal. You can buy it in any store. It's easy accessible. We let it sit around where our kids can get access to it, some of us. We wouldn't do that with cocaine. We wouldn't leave that on the table for kids to consume on their own. We wouldn't have a candy dish on our tables full of candies. and We wouldn't have a refrigerator full of sugary pops and juices. and uh, We wouldn't have a refrigerator topped with boxes of sugary cereals we wouldn't do all that if we felt that it was really bad for us and it was a, an addicting but the fact of the matter is <clears throat> we believe that we have control over this beast and we don't we got about six minutes left in the show and you're listening to the plant-based for life radio show i'm your host will the thrill the plant-based pro and you're listening to the uh, um, Streets Are Talking 24-Hour Podcast Network and I'm talking about sugary sugary, sugary, sugary is sugar the new cocaine and uh, so far if you listen to this whole podcast you may start agreeing with me on this you know the fact that it's not really good we're going to talk about some of the damaging effects of sugar on the body because it's important that we know that then I'll definitely talk about um, some of the uh, other names for sugar because I promised that I would give you a few of the names for sugar uh, just so you would know the sneaky names that they put on uh, and I got 61 names right here but uh, I'm not going to read them all but we'll definitely talk about some or go over some but uh, <clears throat> It says uh, the damaging effects on sugar in your body. So sugar is a type of bodily fuel, yes, but your body runs just as 
about as well as it as a car as a car would. So in other words, you don't need sugar as fuel. Like people think, oh, I need that candy bar and that sugary energy bar to do my workout. Uh, so all foods are not created equal, and clearly sugar isn't. The average American eats and drinks more than 100 pounds of sugar every year, it says. And the problem is sugar causes chronic inflammation. So there's acute inflammation, which is already in the body, because inflammation is good for the body when it helps you to fight off diseases and, and, and injuries to the body, but that's acute inflammation, not chronic. See, chronic is too much of that inflammation in your body. Chronic is the secret killer in this country. And sugar is a major cause of chronic inflammation. When cells and tissues in your body are chronically inflamed, they do not function properly. Over the course of time, this inflammation causes all sorts of problems with how your body functions. And chronic inflammation significantly increases your risk of exposure to chronic diseases like diabetes, autoimmune disease, cancer, cardiovascular disease, arthritis, Alzheimer, all kinds of stuff like that. And so <laughs> you definitely know that inflammation is bad for you. And I told you we're going to do a show on nothing but inflammation. But you definitely need to know that sugar in the standard American diet is one of your main causes of inflammation as well. So it's better to be proactive and think prevention more so than uh, 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 looking for a pound of cure. So you should limit your sugar intake, you know, again, um, six teaspoons per day for women and nine for men ditch the diet coke replace soda and clean replace soda with clean pure water and you'll be amazed at how much better you feel because you can survive without soda definitely be wary of processed food because processed foods that claim to be low fat are often jam-packed with sugar and salt to make them taste better read your labels people read your labels Please read your labels. Don't be fooled by the okie doke because definitely you need to know some things about this, what you're eating. Eat fiber because eating adequate, adequate amounts of fiber every day will help your body, uh, uh, <clears throat> help your body metabolism combat the effects of sugar. Stay active and get some physical shape. So before we end, because uh, we only got a couple of minutes left, I want to read to you some of these sugar substitutes that you may not know. Beet sugar, uh, barley malt, uh, corn sweetener, corn syrup solids, crystalline fructose, date sugar, dextrose, dextran, diatastic malt, ethyl maltol, uh, fructose. There's all kinds of stuff. Malodextrin, malters, maple syrup, all kinds of different things that have sugar in it. Confectioner sugar. High fructose corn syrup. So definitely you want to look at your labels. You want to do that. You want to look at your labels and make sure that you are reading all of that so that you understand what, um, so you understand, um, I'm sorry, I got distracted. So you understand what, uh, what you're eating and what you're, what you're going to be consuming. And so what we already know, substances of abuse are acknowledged through the medical community that have potential to be addictive, and that sugar consumption has increased it. Sugar may drive increased food consumption, obesity, and diabetes. 
So we know sugar is bad for us. We know that we can get rid of it. Okay, it's all on us. It's in our it's, it's in our power. So I want to thank you for listening to the show. Next week we'll have a different show that's gonna be good for us. And I want you to remember as always, PB for L and good night, folks. Thank <laughs> you.